Well, hello there and welcome. This is the Power and Excellence Podcast and I'm your host for today, Dr. John. And today we're going to be talking about coercive power. But before we get to that, I want to share with you a little story that happened to me today. And hopefully there's a message in here for those of us who are in sales, customer service, service delivery, and all of that good stuff. So here's what happened. I ordered this uh, new laptop from Apple yesterday. And uh, at the checkout, I had the option to wait two days for free delivery or pay an additional $8 for next day delivery. So today. I decided, you know what, I'm just going to pay the $8, get the laptop today, I'll do the updates and so on and so forth, all the the things that you have to do when you get a new laptop. So that's what I did, and I was excited to get my new laptop today. And then this morning I got an email from Apple saying, oh, your order's been delayed until tomorrow. And I thought, okay, fair enough, it happens. Uh, It's not a big deal, it's only one day. And then I thought, hang on, what happened to my $8 that I paid for the expedited delivery? And I thought, okay, do I now go back to Apple and say, can I have my $8 back? Or do I just say, oh, well, it's only $8, let them just suck it up. But out of principle, I just thought this is not a, a satisfactory outcome for a company like Apple. In that email, they should have said, and by the way, here's your $8 back or something, or here's a $10 iTunes uh, gift card, something like that. And I thought, okay, if I go back onto Apple now, it's going to take me an hour to get the $8 back. It's only $8. But then I thought, as a matter of principle, if they do this to even 1% of their customers, that's an awful lot of $8. So I did. I went back into the Apple uh, Uh, customer service. It took me half an hour, 40 minutes or something like that to eventually get this $8 back. And even at that, it was never offered. I had to ask and the customer service agent had to go away and uh, presumably confer with her superior, her supervisor. And eventually she came back and she said, oh, great news. I'm going to refund your $8. Like she was doing me some kind of massive favor. So the point here, folks, is that When we make promises to people, especially if we're charging them a fee for that promise, we have to keep that promise. So as far as Apple's concerned, I'm afraid today, Apple, it's... But hey, there's always next time, Apple, right? Well, maybe one of these days, there won't be a next time. You're listening to the Power and Excellence Podcast with Dr. John. This is the Power and Excellence Podcast, and I am Dr. John. And today, as promised, we're going to be talking about coercive power. Now, coercive power is one of those five power bases that was identified by French and Raven as part of a PhD thesis back in 1959. My goodness, that's when you know you've done something right. When you write your PhD thesis and 63 years later, people are still talking about it. Wow. Now, over the course of uh, this podcast, we're going to be examining all of the five power bases at some stage or another that uh, French and Raven identified. But for today, we're going to just take a quick look at the coercive power base. And it came to my mind, really, because 
I read an article on LinkedIn in which somebody was criticizing uh, a manager that they had witnessed who was being a bit of a bully, who was being aggressive, who was yelling and shouting at people, and generally just not being a very nice person. They were, in effect, using coercive power. Now, coercive power comes into play when there is a threat of punitive action. Um, you might use this at home with your kids, for example. If you don't do your homework, you won't get your iPad. Or uh, if you don't do this, then that will happen. That is coercive power. And it's not always a, a bad thing. I mean, coercive power isn't great, but in the right context, I mean, we all do it. Uh, if you don't stick within the speed limit, then you get a fine. Uh, if you don't wear your seatbelt, then you get a fine. If you don't do this, if you uh, if you break the law, then you go to jail. That is uh, the effects of coercive power. Coercive power is the threat of negative action if something does or doesn't happen, depending on what you want. So coercive power is at play all the time, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. In the workplace, however, when somebody is being aggressive, when they're being angry and they're bullying people, there is a threat there. It's an unwritten threat. And sometimes it's just a threat of being told off. Uh, for example, I remember when I was a kid, I was about 16 years old and I worked in a, in a supermarket packing shelves. And if you didn't do the job correctly, if you didn't do it to the general manager's standards, he would tear you apart and he would do that in front of everybody. And it was humiliating. And so we did the very best that we could, not because we wanted to, not because we had tremendous pride in our jobs and we wanted to make these baked beans look as good as they possibly could on the shelf. No, 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 no. We did the very best we could because our general manager was a tyrant. And if he disliked something that we did, he would rip us apart in front of everybody and humiliate us in front of everybody. Now, from his perspective... He wanted the store to look great, and the store did look great, and we always got the best reviews. Whenever the regional managers came to visit or anybody from head office came to visit, we always got really great reviews. Our sales were fantastic because we always had stock on the shelves. So the general manager achieved what he needed to achieve, but he achieved it through fear. We did what he wanted us to do because we were afraid of him. We were afraid that he was going to chew us up. I was fired from by him on more than one occasion, several occasions. He would fire us, and then the next day he would call us and bring us back into work. It was a horrible environment in which to work. But that is what coercive power is all about. Now, when I read this article on LinkedIn, there were a couple of things that crossed my mind. First of all, there was nothing in that article that was particularly controversial or contentious. Nobody was making comments about saying, actually, I think uh, coercive power, bullying, aggressive behavior is good in the workplace, because nobody's going to say that. Everybody was piling on with their own anecdotes, their own stories about how coercive power is bad, and so on and so forth, which is lovely. My problem with that article on LinkedIn was more about what it didn't say than what it did say. And what it didn't say was, why do people re revert to coercive power? Why do people behave that way? Well, if I go back to my, uh, my own little story about when I was packing shelves in the supermarket, at some point I was promoted to shift supervisor. And 
uh, it was my job to allocate the different aisles and different products to different people. So I would tell you, you're going to go and fill pet food, you're going to go and do canned veg, you're going to go and do toiletries. And that was the extent of my authority. I had nothing else to do except that. Now, when I took on that position as supervisor at the grand age of 16, I didn't know how to manage people. I didn't know how to be a supervisor. My point of reference was this general manager that we had in the store. And he was a tyrant. He yelled at people. And that was my definition of management. That was the only management that I knew. And so I copied him. I emulated him. And I became a tyrant too. And so suddenly, I went from being a nice, popular guy amongst my peers. We were all working there together. We would all walk home together. Uh, to being this horrible, nasty person who was yelling at people, telling people to turn this can around because it wasn't facing straight and so on and so forth. And it wasn't me. But the point is, I didn't know any different. That was the only point of reference. My only example of management that I had seen was this tyrant Ronnie who would scream at people and rip people apart. And so as far as I was concerned, that was management. And the problem these days is that we oftentimes see people being promoted into positions of management, especially if they're very good at their job. And it doesn't matter what their job is, whether it's in operations or sales or customer service or whatever it is. And I see this in companies that I work with around the world time and time again. When somebody is really good at what they do, the company decides, this guy's really great, this girl's fantastic, let's promote them into a position of management and see what they can do. And they don't train them how to be managers. Just because somebody is good at what they do in sales or whatever uh, operations or whatever they happen to be in, doesn't necessarily mean that they have the innate skills to be a manager. We have to train people. We have to show people. Management is about empathy. It's about relationships. It's about leading people through getting respect and dealing with people as human beings. It's not always just about being good at your job and that will make you a great manager. And so the problem that I had with that article on LinkedIn wasn't about what it said. It was about what it didn't say. Because I guarantee that just like me at the age of 16, I didn't want to be unpopular. I didn't want to go in there and yell at guys. But uh, that was all I knew. And so if somebody is behaving a certain way at work, it's because we haven't given them the skills to be a proper skilled manager. And it's all well and good to criticize these people, but honestly, I think we need to just take a step back and say, if somebody is behaving a particular way, that means they don't have the resources, they don't have the knowledge to do what we need them to do. In the absence of training, in the absence of expertise, people will revert to whatever they think is the way to go. For me, at the age of 16, that meant Yelling at people, it meant being a coercive manager because that was all I knew. I didn't know anything else. I didn't even know that actually I didn't really need to manage people. I just needed to allocate aisles to people. Even that basic level of knowledge, that basic level of intuition, I didn't have. So let's just take a step back. When we see managers or anybody else for that matter behaving a certain way, 
let's step back and say, what is causing that person to behave that way? What are the resources that they are lacking? What is the expertise? What is the training that they are lacking? Right? If somebody does something, everybody's doing the very best that they can with whatever resources they have. So if somebody does something, that means that they are doing the best that they can. If we want them to behave differently, we have to train them, educate them, and give them the tools to be able to do what it is that we need them to do. And that was what was lacking from from that article on LinkedIn, it was that nobody took, a, took that step back and nobody was prepared to say, actually, these are not bad people. They're just people who are lacking resources. They are just people who are uneducated, untrained. They're not necessarily horrible, nasty people. Nobody gets up in the morning and says, today I want to go into work and I want to be a complete tyrant. I want to be an idiot. I want people to dislike me. No, people go into work with the expectations and the motivation to be good at what they do. And if we want people to be good at what they do, then we have to provide them with the tools to be able to do that. So, in the nutshell, coercive power, like all of the power bases, as we will explore throughout this podcast, uh, coercive power has its place. It works well in society. It works well in organizations. Uh, from a management perspective, individually, hmm, yeah, the jury's still out on that. There's probably a place for it, but when we see somebody behaving in a way that is consistently coercive, that is pr consistently aggressive, that simply means that they don't know how to be a manager. And it's up to us as individuals, as organizations, as managers, to be able to train people and give them the tools to do what we need them to do. Power and Excellence with Dr. John. Well, that's it for this episode of the Power and Excellence podcast. Remember, if there's anything you'd like us to discuss, if you have any comments or questions on this episode or any other episodes, you can email us at podcast at powerandexcellence.com or WhatsApp us on plus four four seven eight six zero six two five 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 one. Remember also to subscribe to this podcast and please, if you like it, share with your friends and family. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining me today. I will see you next time. In the meantime, look after yourselves. Bye-bye.